Welcome back in the Talking Catholic. And today we are talking about yet another Masonic scandal in the Catholic Church. Last summer we talked about how the highest ranking Freemason in the state of Missouri, the Grand Master of the Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Missouri, Mr. Malcolm Morris, calls himself a Catholic, a third generation Catholic uh, Freemason at that. We also talked about how one of the most influential families in St. Louis, Missouri politics, the Clays, have produced two U.S. House of Representatives, Bill Clay and William Lacey Clay Jr., who are Freemasons and belong to they belong to St. Nicholas Catholic Church in downtown St. Louis, which is a predominantly black Catholic church. Now we turn to another Masonic scandal. This one on the island of Grenada in the West Indies in the Caribbean Sea, where a bishop, where the bishop of the St. George Diocese of Grenada appears to be at minimum what I call in my, my book, the Catholic Catechism on Freemasonry. What I call in this book, um, I call them a Masonic ally. He could be a Freemason, but at minimum, he's what I call a Masonic ally, like Pope Francis is, because it was his cathedral the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception, where Conception Lodge of Freemasonry number 8346 celebrated its 50th anniversary on February 14, 2021. Again, in the Cathedral of the Catholic Church in Grenada, where the bishop sits in his chair and teaches and where he consecrates the Holy Eucharist. It was in that cathedral, that cathedral, that Bishop Clyde Martin Harvey allowed the Freemasons to desecrate. Talking Catholic begins now. The history of Freemasonry in the Caribbean is interesting, especially in regards to um, the papal ban against Freemasonry, which began in 1738, in which Pope Clement XII promulgated his papal bull entitled In Enmity or On High Warning in which he stated that the four reasons why Catholics cannot be Freemasons, cannot be Freemasons, is one, Freemasonry is an error, vice, danger, and a disturbance to the Catholic Church, and that it seeks to destroy the vineyard. Number two, that Freemasonry caters to, relies on, and was established by the appearance of natural virtue, indifferentism, and its own law. Third, that Freemasons meet in secrecy and lack transparency and thereby disturb gossip and suspicion. And four, societies like Freemasonry disturb the peace and the temporal state of well-being of souls. Those are the four reasons why Pope Clement XII banned Freemasonry and I, that ban has continued since then. A quick primer on Freemasonry in the West Indies. Um, so, so what we find in the Caribbean islands during the age of global expansion or colonization for the next 200 years following the creation of the first Grand Lodge of Freemasons in England in 1717 is different attitudes towards Freemasonry on each island depending upon what country was in charge of that island at that time. Uh, for example, on, on Spanish islands such as Trinidad and Tobago, Freemasonry is suppressed. Uh, similar to islands under the control of French and the Dutch, well, until the French Revolution, but, but thereafter, we see Freemasonry from France arrive in places like Haiti, which I'll talk more about shortly. And even in the Dutch colonies on islands that has Spanish influence, such as the Dutch colony of the Maria 
on in Trinidad and Tobago and in Martinique. Of course, on islands under the control of the English and Irish like Jamaica and Bermuda and Barbados, you know, Freemasonry thrives there early and it arrives there early and often. In Cuba, Freemasonry is an interesting story. It's, it's largely suppressed under Spain, but it does have some presence there. But as um, communists <laughs> hate Freemasonry for the obvious reasons, you know, because Freemasonry wants to be the center of union of all men. They say that in their, their first charge at a Grand Lodge England, it is called, it proposes to be the universal religion. But Freemasonry wants to, I mean, but communism wants to be the center of union for everyone. So there is this natural competition between the both. They both want to be the center of, of governance and life. But communism always wins when those two go into war because Freemasonry doesn't have a standing army. They have an idea. Freemasons have an idea. And ideas are strong. Ideas can live forever. But ideas are different from bullets. So Stalin suppresses Freemasonry in Cuba, but somehow Freemasonry made Castro a friend of theirs. And today Freemasonry thrives there as really the first successful blend of communism and Freemasonry. It's really unique in that sense. So during this age... Um, of European expansion, Freemasonry has to be viewed as an export of the English idea of representative government that the French later fought to embrace, thanks to the importation of Freemasonry there. Essentially, Freemasonry is an ideological product that was exported from 1717 to 1917 to deconstruct and reform Catholic civilization by promoting representative government over monarchical rule and the state being in charge of education and marriage rather than the church governing those affairs. If you can control education and children and define what marriage is, you control society. And that's what the Freemasonry pushed. In my book, The Catechism, uh, Catholic Catechism of Freemasonry, I go into more detail about Freemasonry as an ideological export. I also talk more about the distinction between the two major competing sets of Freemasonry, that is Anglo-Freemasonry, which is primarily derived from the premier Grand Lodge of England, but also from the Grand Lodge of Scotland and Ireland. Then you have what is called Continental Freemasonry, which is the predominant, uh, predominant set of Freemasonry that you find in France and in Italy. Um, and their Grand Lodges typically distinguish themselves under the term Orient, such as the Grand Orient of France. A word, um, Orient, which is in itself is, is just mocking Catholicism and a liturgy of the church, which is the true Orient or true East and true orientation to Christ. So what I do not talk about in my in my book is the, the various subsets of Freemasonry. I mentioned things like women Freemasons and Co-Masson Lodges for men and women. I talk in more in detail about the Prince Hall Masson Lodges, um, which primarily consists of black um, black American men. Um, but Prince Hall Freemasonry belongs to Anglo Freemasonry. It comes out of England and Scotland and Ireland. But I do not talk at all about the Masonic subculture of Freemasonry in the Caribbean, which is very disturbing. But you should be aware of it so that you might understand why um, the Freemasons of Grenada thought that it was normal behavior to hold their anniversary in a Catholic cathedral. And that in itself was not terribly a rare event on an island. St. George Lodge number 3072 met in the Anglican Church for years after it was founded in 1904. 
So as Protestantism should be viewed as a European export from 1517 to 1717, and Freemasonry should be viewed as an export as a European export from 1717 to the birth of communism in 1917, Haitian Freemasonry should be viewed as an export of Haiti. Again, Haitian Freemasonry should be viewed as an export of Haiti since the revolution against French, French rule in that country began in 1791 and was led by Francois Dominique Toussaint Louverture, uh, a devout Freemason. Um, every, 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 every revolution there's ever been in, in modern history um, has always had a Freemason as head. Haiti was the case as also. So since the revolution in Haiti, Freemasonry has been ingrained in Haitian culture that you really can't tell the two apart. And just as we saw in the African Methodist Episcopal Church in the United States, which was started by a Prince of Freemason named Richard Allen, until recently in that church, until they started ordaining women, you cannot be a bishop in that church unless you were a Freemason. Similarly, you cannot be the president of the country of Haiti unless you were a Freemason prior to or immediately after coming into office. Other founding fathers of Haiti were also Freemasons, such as John Jekyll's um, Della Sons, um, the self-styled emperor of Haiti, post Haiti's 1805 constitution. And the key problem with Haitian Freemasonry is that it's witchcraft. Haitians em embrace indifferentism in so much that it, it does not see lines anywhere in Haitian Freemasonry. There are even secret societies in Haitian voodoo culture that initiate only Scottish Rite Freemasons. St. John the Baptist, who has been who's been a Masonic patron ever since the days of the Catholic and Anglican English guilds of uh, Freestone Masons, plays an important role in Haitian voodoo. Because he is believed to have taught Jesus the secrets of voodoo. Both Freemasons and those who practice Haitian voodoo um, share many of the same passwords, gestures, handshakes. Both the Freemasons and the Haitian voodoo priests celebrate St. John's Day. Haitian voodoo and Freemasonry and Catholicism are all equally practiced on the island that, that, that makes Haiti a very unsafe spiritual place. But more and more in the Caribbean, we're starting to see the effects of the exports of this Haitian Freemasonry more and more throughout the Caribbean and West Indies. We, we see the spread of the idea that there's nothing exceptional or supernatural about Catholicism. And therefore, it can be blended with, with voodoo and witchcraft and Freemasonry. On all the islands, voodoo priests think they are on equal standing with Catholic priests that they believe that they're both offering equal sacraments and, and Haitian Freemasonry is the export and now becoming an import into Caribbean Catholicism is why you have a bishop of Grenada proudly stating on his website that he has formed a partnership with Scottish Rite Freemasons of Trinidad and Tobago, which Again, this is a Masonic organization that's got us right, uh, Freemasons, Trinidad, uh, and Tobago, which have a very close relationship with Haitian Freemasonry, their neighbor. And this is why you find Bishop Clyde Martin Harvey performing a dance in his church that looks very much like a voodoo incarnation. The biggest problem with these prohibitions against Freemasonry over the past 300 years in the Catholic Church is that they have never, ever really been seriously and consistently enforced. 
There's never been a Masonic Inquisition, and there needs to be. There also needs to be an Inquisition against all of the homosexuals in the upper and lower, upper and lower clergy. God keeps giving us signs. Think about the Haitian earthquake of 2010, or Hurricane Katrina five years before that, which are very unironically two of the places that have had the most influence of Haitian Freemasonry voodoo culture. Now, we can pretend like these things are not all connected as if they are all isolated events or we can or we can be like Pope Clement XII and be what he asked us to be on high warning about the dangers of Freemasonry and do something about it. But until then and until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours. Hi, everybody. Thank you for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also be sure to check out the content you've missed. If you'd like to keep supporting my work, consider joining my team on Patreon, where you'll be gifted great perks like books, hoodies, and mugs. Thanks again.